All right, let's uh, get out our notes and get ready here. We're going to be talking about everyone's favorite philosopher, Karl Marx, and his poisonous ideas of communism. You're going to be reading the Communist Manifesto, and so this is a bit of an introduction to that, and you have to finish it this week. So, there's always been men who've dreamed of building a perfect society. Your textbook, um, you don't have to read this, but your textbook mentions Jim Jones, who was an Assembly of God preacher turned cult leader who brought about a thousand people down to South America and and started a, a strange little cult. Eventually, he had everyone drink uh, Kool-Aid laced with poison. It's one of the largest mass suicides in human history, about a thousand people. And that was in the uh, 70s, if I remember correctly, somewhere in the 70s, not too long ago. Jim Jones, if you ever hear that referenced. Well, there's a person who is significantly more dangerous for the world, a man who not only dreamed of a perfect utopia, but was able to, to spread his vision of a perfect utopia to far more than a thousand people. It's rather billions of people. Right? And his name, of course, is Karl Marx. He had a dream. He had a vision of a world that was perfect, peaceful, and just, and equal. And he really did believe that this was going to happen soon. He really believed it was possible and that it was going to happen soon. He believed that this paradise on earth was inevitable, that mankind was evolving. Animals didn't just evolve from one species to the next, but society evolved, societal evolution. He believed it was happening and that it was inevitable and that even perhaps in his own lifetime, he could see the the first flowering of Paradise restored. Now, if, since you are Christians and you know your Bibles pretty well, you know that the Bible does promise to restore paradise. Heaven is coming down. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man is re-entering the garden, so to speak. But that's only done through whom? God. The God-man, Jesus Christ. And only those who are united to him will take part in it. Jesus Christ is currently making all things new. And at the end of human history, he will consummate the new heavens and the new earth. And we will live in paradise restored more than we've ever imagined. And so this concept of getting back into the garden of experience in paradise on earth is inside the hearts of men. Right? It's inside of our hearts. But Karl Marx was an atheist and a humanist, which you'll see in a bit. And so his paradise was... uh, not going to come about through faith in Jesus Christ and the regeneration of men through the Holy Spirit, but his paradise was going to come about through revolution. Revolution. The peoples would rise up and they would take what was theirs. No private property. As Klaus Schwab says, you will have no property and you will be happy. And you will eat the bugs. And we will take away your gas stoves. And you will get our shot. Many, many shots. And you will have only one child with a government license. And I will eat all of your food and have all of your property. And have your gas stove. 
Yeah. <laughs> Klaus Schwab, if y'all don't know, is the head of the World Economic Forum. He's a modern-day communist um, who has dreams of a global utopia. These people have always been around. They will always be around until Jesus puts an end to them. Um, but uh, Karl Marx was one of those kind of people. No private property and eventually no government. You might be surprised to hear that, but communism believed that eventually when we evolved into that societal state, there wouldn't be a need for government. You only need a government at first to redistribute the wealth, to steal the wealth from the haves and pass it on to the have-nots. But once it's all equally distributed, ah, equality will usher in a just and peaceful society. You see what he believes is the problem. He believes the problem is not in the heart of man, but where? In systemic injustices. Sound familiar? <coughs> he also believed that this particular utopian society would be prosperous and wealthy, etc. So in 1848, what's going on or cooking up over in uh, our neck of the woods in 1848? Uh, the Civil War. <coughs> ramping up, ramping up. Yeah. In 1848, Marx began to spread his gospel communism through a pamphlet. I'm holding that pamphlet in my hand right here. Modern publishing of it. And we now call this pamphlet the Communist Manifesto. A declaration, a decree, a statement of faith. And in this pamphlet that he spread all over Europe, he calls for people to begin working for paradise. He calls them to rise up, to revolt against the uh, capitalistic system. But this track right here contained a great and powerful and evil black magic, an ideological poison that the whole world would drink. So we've been covering um, the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln's speeches, and um, Uncle Tom's cabin. But we're getting into what is, is called the modern world. We're moving into the modern world. And we're over in, uh, in Europe now, and we're seeing revolutions happening all over Europe. And eventually, revolutions would be sparked by this particular poison as countries all throughout Europe drink the poison. And uh, the first revolution would be in Russia, the Bolshevik Revolution in the early 1900s. But today, this poison is, is, uh, has been drank, has been drunk in China, Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, Canada, and even in Congress, in the United States, and even in some churches. It's a very deadly poison, and many, many have, have drank it. <coughs> It's the belief that we can build paradise on earth through government control, redistribution of wealth, and revolution of the have-nots against the haves. All right. When you turn on the television, you're going to hear communism. Sometimes. Mostly. Often. When you, if you go to government school, whether that be a day school or a college, your professors will believe in communism. There has never been probably in the history of the world a more deadly poison than what is inside this pamphlet right here. And we're going to read it. And you're going to read it. <laughs> Brace yourself. Are we going to drink it? 
You're not going to drink it. You're going to read it. I think that your worldviews have been formed well enough that you've followed the flow of Western history quite a, quite a bit so that when you go to read this, you will be able to, um, you will have the antidote. The poison will not kill you. You will be immune to its poison. That's one of the reasons we teach you these things so that when you go and you have to sit under a communist professor for whatever because you're trying to get an engineering certificate or whatever you have to do. I mean, we do have to bend the knee to some degree. We're under the occupation of, of evil people in the United States right now. Um, and that's God's doing and judgment on us, but uh, I digress. So you may have to go and get a, you know, an engineering certificate and you'll have to sit through a humanities class and hear a communist professor teach you modern versions of communism. But you will have the antidote, and you will be unfazed and untouched. Is it at least well thought out? Oh, yes. It is a very well thought out, fully comprehensive worldview. Atheistic, humanistic worldview. Rival, rivaling the Reformed Christian worldview that we have. All right. And that was uh, implemented by Augustine and John Calvin in the, in the Reformation. <laughs> this is really a anti-reformation. It's a humanistic revolution. And, um, and we'll, we'll talk more about it as, as time goes on. But um, what happened as his ideas were implemented? Well, as these ideas were implemented in countries all over the world, under the guise of freedom and equality and solidaridad, um, uh, governments fell. Right? And there was economic pressures in the 1840s. 50s. I mean, there was starvation. There was um, unjust and, and uh, practices going on in uh, in society. There were uh, there was corruption and oppression and slavery. So you know he had a lot of ammo to work with. You know, and a lot of his criticisms of society are good criticisms. It's his solution that's the problem. But that's what the devil does. He uses your sins against you. He doesn't point out your sins to help you. He points out your sins to condemn you and to destroy you. And that's what Marx is doing. He's pointing out the sins of society and offering up a, a demonic solution. Um, revolution would eventually ensue all over Europe. And, um, and they were uh, put down, actually, in the 1840s. But then in the early 20th century, Russia, uh, the revolution in Russia um, emerged and was victorious, the Bolshevik Revolution, under a man by the name of Vladimir Lenin. Does that sound familiar? That's right. He's, uh, he was bald, like me. And, you know, 20, 30 million dead people later, you have the formation of the Soviet Union. And, of course, today we look back on the Soviet Union, but the communistic poison is still... Over there. It's in the rest of the world. <clears throat> His ideas traveled to China, Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, and America as well. And uh, they took root in many places, especially in Eastern Europe after World War II, as Stalin, who was the predecessor to Lenin, won World War II along with the, his allies here in America and basically captured East Europe and held on to it. Um, as sort of a, uh, a, a protection, but also uh, they believed in spreading the gospel of communism 
And so they were intent on spreading that gospel all over the whole world. And so after the, the victory in World War II and Stalin taking over and beginning to spread the gospel of communism, you have what is called the Cold War, where America and, and Soviet Union are head-to-head. You know, and there's a race to be the first man on the moon. That's all in the context of the Cold War. Our democracy gospel, which is not the gospel, but our democracy gospel, and their communist gospel colliding for years and years and years. That's sort of the modern world. That's the uh, 1900s. That, um, none of y'all were born in the 1900s, were you? You are? We'd be 20. Okay, not quite. 2008. <laughs> so uh, one time I went, back when I was uh, 25-ish, I went to, um, I flew to uh, Munich, Germany, and my wife and I, we took a trip to Eastern Europe. It's really cool, because you go into Munich, Germany, and it's a modern city. You don't have to take notes on this part, but it's a, it's a city, if you were in Munich, Germany, you would think you were in Toronto or, or Phoenix or, you know, New York. It's just a modern city, and modern airports and cars and highways and traffic lights and all of the, all of the stuff you have in a, a city. So we're there in Munich. We get on the Autobahn. You don't know what that is? It's the interstate in Germany, and there, in many places there's no speed limit. So we went 120. It was awesome. And we traveled east across Europe. Germany, Austria, which was beautiful, um, into Hungary. And eventually about halfway through Hungary, that's where the Iron Curtain came down. That's where the Soviet Union uh, established control about at the halfway point of Hungary. So you kind of had a western Hungary that was controlled by the west and an eastern uh, Hungary, that's the name of the, co- the country, controlled by uh, the Soviet Union. And right as you would pass through the halfway point of Hungary, it's like you're going back in time. It was the strangest thing. You went from, from highways to run-down, junky roads, kind of like we have here in Louisiana, a little bit, gravel roads, and you see less and less cars and more and more horses and buggies and gypsies on the side of the road and people hunched over working in the fields. And you went back in time all the way. Then when you got to uh, the closer you got to the Soviet Union, the worse it got. As you went into Romania, there's stray dogs running around. All the trees are pollarded and, and cut down. There's no electricity on at night. And people all live behind like big giant stone walls. And all of these people that I met there, they all grew up in communism. They, were, they lived under that. And their whole world, basically, when Lenin took over after, and then Stalin took over after World War II, their whole world got a pause button pushed on it. It's like development stopped. You know? Now, they developed weapons. You know, they focused on that. And uh, they did put the first man in the moon. <laughs> I mean, the first man in space. Um, so they did focus on some things, but as far as individual people and families, starvation, poverty, despair, drunkenness, drugs, all sorts of societal degradation. And all of that came from them drinking this poison right here. That's right. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about Karl Marx some more at another time, but that's enough, enough for today. <laughs>